This week on the Wyndham Community Podcast, it's all about the upcoming state election. Are you on the fence about how to vote and potentially thinking green's the way to go in this election? We have a chat to a local who is nominated for the Tarnied electorate for the Greens, Claire Miller. Welcome to the Wyndham Community Podcast with Shannon Maguire, a local resident of Wyndham with a passion for the community and improving our connections. The show aims to provide a balanced and safe platform to keep you informed about what's happening in your community and promote engagement locally. I hope this show can help you learn new things and inspire you with ideas from locals and people that care deeply about our area. Every episode, we aim to give an in-depth analysis on local issues affecting us all, events and investigation of people within our community with interesting stories, responsibilities or opinions. As I say every episode, there's a whole section in bookstores on self-help, but there's no section for helping others. This show is not only about your views, but how we can help each other. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording today, the Bodorong and Wadarong people. I pay my respects to Elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today. As the state election is fast approaching on Saturday the 26th of November 2022, we reached out to key candidates for the electorates within the Wyndham City area. Claire Miller agreed to come on the show and tell us why she's running as a Greens candidate for the Tarnit electorate, along with what she believes are the key issues for the West. For those new to the show, I'd like to invite you to our local Facebook group called Wyndham Community Podcast, where you can connect and discuss local issues and events with like-minded individuals. It's a safe space for questions of leaders in our community and engaged citizens, but more so it's a space to engage with others to arrange meetups and opportunities for all. There's a link in our show notes on how to join, or please contact myself, Shannon McGuire, on Facebook for an invitation. But before we start, every episode, I want to make you a little more knowledgeable about our area. A quick fact about Wyndham is that the first people of European stock to settle in the area were in the mid-1830s, and during the late 1840s, a Scotsman called Thomas Chernside, who had large areas of land in Western Victoria, started taking up land in Werribee. Along with his brother Andrew, they ended up owning 93,000 acres in and around Werribee, which is around 210 Melbourne CBDs or 74,000 MCGs. In the 1850s, they built a bluestone homestead in Point Cook, followed by what is regarded as Victoria's finest colonial homestead, today known as Werribee Park Mansion in the mid 1870s. And with that, here is the interview with Claire Miller. I would like to extend a warm welcome to Claire Miller from the Greens, who is a candidate for the upcoming state elections. Thank you for coming on the show. No worries. So Claire, can you tell me a bit about yourself and why you put your name forward to represent the electorate? So I am a Werribee Tarnate local. I live in Werribee, but I'm very close to the Tarnate border. So I'm the candidate for Tarnate in this particular election. I'm a mother of two primary school, or one's almost primary school age children, and I've been a public servant for over 15 years. And the main reason that I decided to put my hand up within our branch to represent Tarnate as a candidate was to give 
the people of Tarnit a chance to vote for progressive policy, which is aimed at improving our community and our society. It's no secret that this is a very Labor-heavy voting area where we're not naive to that fact, but it's about giving people options and options to vote for someone who reflects their values and what they want to see in terms of government direction. So I think the other questions that you've got for this podcast will go a long way to demonstrating what those policy directions are. But to me, I really see it as being that representative. I have a lot of public service experience. I don't have political experience, but I am well-versed in how the political system works. So if I was to succeed as a candidate, that I would be confident as being a representative for Tarnit and understanding the local issues that affect people who live here because I live here. I know people who live here all across the electorate as well as the neighbouring electorates that make up the Wyndham Council area. And I think that matters a lot when it comes to state as well as federal government representation is to have somebody who, who is a real representative and is clear about what they and or their party, in the case of myself as a party representative, what that means for representation within the parliament in question. So I asked my 15-year-old son what questions I should ask the candidates, and I think his response was perfect. He wanted to know how you make decisions and specifically how you balance information provided from experts in areas such as health or the economy and how that might differ from views within the electorate that you serve. So I'm a statistical analyst in my day job as well as a project manager. So when I make decisions, the way that I work is I look at all the facts that I have at hand and particularly I look for more information than what I've been given. Quite often I'm not given any information because it's my job as a statistical analyst to go and get that information in the first place. And talking to trusted experts in the subject matter, and in the case of an electorate, that includes the people who live there. They are the experts in their own lives and what affects them directly. So it's about gathering as many pieces of information as you can and then synthesising that, balancing the opposing requirements that inevitably come up out of any major decision taking all the angles into account, that's part of my job now, the same as it would be part of my job if I was representing the people of Tarnit. You're never going to please all of the people all of the time, but to me it's about coming to a decision that is defensible in the basis of using quite statistical language because it's it's where I come from. It's it's how I have to make decisions to say this is the best decision because and then having all of your reasons be clear. And I'm not going to say that emotion doesn't come into it because it does, it matters, but facts matter as well. So how people feel about a decision and the optics, as some people might call it, the optics, the way that a decision looks, a part of those considerations. So that's broadly, very broadly, how I make decisions 
So further to that last question, let's say there was a new COVID-19 strain, which was twice as deadly, and there was a clear health recommendation to return to lockdowns. How would you balance this advice with community expectations and the impact on the economy and mental health in the area? Primary thing to me that I believe people need when they are required to stay home for their safety and for the safety of others is support. So that's support to get their physical needs met, yes, so food and medicine and healthcare and everything, but also their mental and their social needs. We very clearly saw throughout the pandemic that those needs matter. That's definitely challenging, but there were a lot of lessons learned in 2020 and 2021 that we can build on. What's 100% irrefutable to me that no one will ever convince me otherwise is that lockdown saved lives and we can't throw away care for the most vulnerable members of society and to treat them like their lives don't matter for the sake of going through a what you know felt like a long time at the time but was indeed a short-term challenge that can and was in many locations surmounted with adequate community and financial support the areas that came out of lockdown the best were the ones that had support in place and the ones that did not come out well are the ones that were essentially abandoned by their state government or their local council area where that support was not extended. I feel quite strongly about this because I feel as a Victorian, especially as a, a Melbourneian who went through that you know, that dubious uh, honour of being in the world's longest lockdown that we felt very hard done by. And that's that's not to, to invalidate those feelings because I was there. I was much more comfortable than many other people were as a public servant working from home, but I had my child at home being schooled. My partner wasn't working at the time. He couldn't work. Throughout 2021, I was witness from a long distance away to communities who were going through much tougher times than the people of Melbourne were. I'm talking about places like Wilkenya and Brewarana and places like that up the far northwest of New South Wales. You know, they couldn't order food from a local shop. They couldn't isolate effectively. They had real risk, real fear about what was going to happen to them, and they lacked support. And I could see that as hard as things were for the people of Wyndham, they weren't the worst that they could have been, and we learned a lot of lessons, and I felt like if we had to go through that again, that we would be better able to come out without having caused huge damage to any members of our community and that we would pull together and support each other. And I suppose my main point is that everyone matters. And don't feel like just because you're having a hard time that there isn't someone else who's had, having it worse. And you shouldn't put that person at risk just because things are hard for you. What we should be doing is trying to help everyone. And the Greens are like their policy platform from end to end that you can see publicly on their website that's costed, by the way. Everything the Greens put forward is always pre-costed, which other parties don't do, is very much about everyone matters. 
So this uh, kind of ties into a little next question ties into potentially what you've just spoken to, but you may elaborate or you can you can defer to the previous comments. So Wyndham had a disproportionately large impact from COVID on its residents in health and economic outcomes with limited targeted supports in place. What would you have done differently and what would you do differently in future to support our community considering our unique demographic situation? I can be much shorter with this answer. This is something that I would take on notice to discuss with health and community support experts who know what's required, with the key point being that more was definitely needed. I wouldn't deny that. More communication with our multicultural community in particular, our vulnerable community, more carefully planned contact to provide in-person support where virtual options just couldn't do the job and to do that safely, and more financial support for those who needed it. In order for this community to flourish, please subscribe to the show on your platform of choice for regular updates on issues and events that affect you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android-based podcast apps. Just search for Wyndham Community Podcast. We also have a Facebook page called Wyndham Community Podcast. Please join and be as active as you would like there and talk to your friends and family to also join in on this social experiment. A lot of shows ask you to rate them on Apple Podcasts or your platform of choice, and we would love you to do this. But what's much more important for us is considering that we are a local podcast to Wyndham and only really focus on the people of Wyndham and the surrounding suburbs is if you want to support the show, please tell a friend or family member in the area to get involved and to share our show with them and others in the community. And with that, let's get on with the show. So what are the three main things you would work towards achieving if you were successful in representing your electorate? I would be looking at improved housing affordability, improved public transport access, and I will highlight this is particularly for me more buses, not just more trains. Trains come up a lot for Wyndham, but I also think that we should be working as a state and council in particular to improve bus routes access and decrease the number of cars on the road, as well as pursuing the additional train stations that are needed across the northern part of the Tarnate electorate. My third main thing would be increasing the accessible green spaces and environmental cleanup throughout the electorate. That ties into the next question nearly perfectly. So the city of Wyndham is known for two areas of serious infrastructure issues. The first being that we're, I believe, the worst LGA in Australia for green canopy. And we're also one of the worst in in Victoria for access to swimming infrastructure with just two pools covering around 300,000 people or soon to be. So what can you do to invest in these areas? As per the Greens policy platform on sport and recreation, which I'll forward you the link to, Increasing the availability of swimming infrastructure is definitely a key requirement that I would personally pursue and that falls within that policy. As a mother of two young children, I also know how essential it is for children to have access to swimming lessons from an early age to prevent drowning. So improving access to swimming lessons for the community, particularly for new migrant families where the parents or the older members of the family might not know how to swim themselves, so they can't teach their children how to swim. This would be another specific policy area that I would push for in addition to the infrastructure that we do need more swimming pools. And I think you can understand the Greens having some pretty strong views about increasing green canopy. 
I could point you to multiple aspects of the Greens Victorian state policy platform on this, but the main one in this case would be the planning policy, which in its very first line references open space and biodiversity in all human settlements and specifically references greenery and trees as part of housing development considerations. So I'll forward you the two links to those two policies. So when running for local election a couple of years ago, many state issues were raised by residents as the major impacts on their lives. Most importantly, these were infrastructure investment, in particular train stations and major road upgrades. We need these quicker than currently proposed by government with the current wait for four years for the Davis Road train station and just setting up a plan for Truganina. The second most complained about issue outside of infrastructure was town planning, the town planning system, which currently allows smaller land blocks with no real infrastructure investment. For example, there's no real clear downtown in many of the new suburbs, such as Tane North and West, Truganina, Williams Landing. How would you address these two issues, either retrospectively and into the future? I would primarily point to the Greens planning policy to cover this. It covers it in great detail, the Greens position on planning, how areas should be planned. And that's in terms of not only the size of blocks and access to infrastructure, but also the nature of the buildings that are built, their affordability, light, like access to light and to green space, it covers a huge gamut of planning considerations and obviously transport. The Greens want to decrease the number of cars on the road. In order to do that, you need accessible public transport. As I said before, not just trains, but buses, as well as encouraging people through infrastructure to ride bikes and to have walkable downtown areas so that you can walk from where you live to a shop easily so that you don't have to drive. I know myself, I have to drive to the supermarket because there's no bus that will take me straight there conveniently. I can't carry all of my shopping on a bus easily either. But if I had a walkable shop, maybe I would not drive as much because I would not find it as difficult. So as a green in the Victorian State Parliament, in addition to representing the people of Tarnit, I would also be holding the state government to account on their promises and pushing for more immediate resolution of current and often long-standing problems faced by those that I represent and others in the West who are also affected by these decisions and delays. And we can say that there is a clear link between the federal government and the state government as to some of the infrastructure delays that have been faced that that does need to be accounted for that you know sometimes the state government has wanted to come to the table on some of these things but it's the federal government who's blocked them the most recent example of this that i noted was the ison road interchange because the road that that has to attach to belongs to the federal government because it's a highway. So you need good linkage in terms of vision between all layers of government for certain things to come through. It's less relevant in the case of the trains because the trains belong to the state government and planning for the extremely large increase and fast increase in the population of Wyndham in particular and the West more generally, I don't believe that's been handled well. But I mean, it's evidenced by the fact that we have 
more people than infrastructure and the V-line trains are full every single day. So part of being a Green in any parliament, but Victorian state parliament in this case, is around holding state government to account on what they've said they'll do and also what they need to do to serve the people of their electorates with integrity. So is there anything else you would like to add in relation to your candidacy and ways people can get in contact with you to find out more? The easiest way to understand what I stand for as a candidate for the Greens is to review the policies that are available on the Greens website because detailed answers to questions of what would you do about X are there. They are there. I might not personally know the answer right off the top of my head, but I would do exactly as I've done to prepare for this podcast, which is go to the policy platform. My candidate page is available on the Greens website, and I can also provide you a link to it. I have a Facebook page. I'm not terribly active on Facebook, I will admit, but if you uh, send me an email, my Greens email address is publicly available, claire.miller at vic.greens.org.au. You can send me a question and I will do my best to answer it, even if that's directing people towards the policy platform, because as a party, that's how we operate, as well as what I would do as a candidate in terms of those policies is bring the perspective of my electorate to those policies. And that's really the biggest reason why people should be voting for the Greens in their areas. So if you do, you either manage to get a Green into Parliament who can advocate for you directly, but you're also showing the state government that this is what you care about. And the this that you care about is plainly open there for you to see in terms of what the Greens advocate for across any different area. We make it pretty straightforward. (laughs) Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you for coming on the show again and good luck with the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much, Shannon. We want your ideas and feedback on the show itself and what we can do to support you in your local area. Have you got a story that you would like us to cover or an issue that we have not covered yet? or even a guest that would be amazing for us to meet. Please contact us on Facebook, email at windhamcommunity at gmail.com or call me, Shannon, on 0408 308 451. If you do like the show, in order for others to find us, please rate us on your platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts. If you do rate us on Apple Podcasts, we will read out the rating and comments live on the next show. So with that, I wish you all the best and hope this show has given you information, food for thought or connection now or into the future with somebody. Look after yourself and if you can, somebody else in your community.